welcome everybody back to another exciting show of the About That Water podcast. I'm your host, Anthony, and I have the pleasure to bring you one of the best people who have definitely took the TSP to a whole new level, and it is Allie the Agent. How are you doing today, Allie? I am excellent. How are you, Anthony? I'm doing fantastic. So one of the things that drew me to your page in general is mainly because you did like my page. (laughs) Some of the comments (laughs) on IG. And when I started digging through your content and I was noticing that you really did maximize the TSP round. So, um, and it's one of the things that I, I think a lot of the people that listen to the show that are either veterans, people that are currently working in the government that don't understand fully the TSP. And some people just leave the their investments inside the G fund, but I've noticed that you've taken it a whole lot further. But before we get into uh, all the fun stuff with the TSP, can you just let the people know who you are and how did you actually start getting into uh, the TSP round? Yeah, absolutely. So Ali Garced, otherwise known as Ali the Agent on TikTok and Instagram, um, I've I'm active duty Air Force, been in for nine years. I will be separating next year at year 10. Yes, halfway through retirement, but I'm separating. (laughs) I have, uh, I invest in both stocks uh, and real estate. So the majority of my portfolio is leaning toward real estate, but I have uh, tried to maximize my stock investing as well. That's actually where I first started. So I have five rental properties and I have um, a Roth IRA. I max out the TSP and uh, index funds on the side. Oh, and a little bit of crypto as well, because <laughs> why not? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so that that's uh, me in a nutshell. I track my net worth regularly every single month, and my goal is to become a millionaire by December of next year, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, but what got you on this kick? What was that, that catalyst to say... You know, because most people just go into the military and just thinking, well, I got nothing else to do. So just join the military. Why not? Until you figure out what you want to do in life. So what what took you to that next level? Yeah, so that would be a mixture of my family. Um, so I'll go into a little bit of background of, of me all together. So born and raised in White Plains, New York. It's uh, just like 30, 45 minutes north of the city and born to immigrant uh, parents. So my dad is from, he's from Puerto Rico, but my mom's from Peru and I have a younger sister. So it's, it's the two of us. And well, first, you know what, let me just say, <laughs> I'm not a certified financial planner. <laughs> All opinions are my own. <laughs> I want to give that disclaimer <laughs> now before I forget. Um, okay. Everything that I'm talking about is just what I have done and it's worked for me. I cannot promise that it will work for you uh, or I mean, anyone listening. So just letting you know that. Um, but yeah, so I've been very fortunate to, to grow up with, uh, in a family that has always been pretty good with money, like super hard savers. My dad is actually in real estate as well. Only real estate, like very anti stocks. He actually, I guess he got burned back in the day and then never trusted it again. Um, so I grew up read reading, uh, and just learning about the real estate game. So my dad's in residential and commercial as well. He gave me the book, rich debt, rich kid, poor kid. So Robert Kiyosaki's version of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, but for kids. So I was reading at, at like the age of 10. Um, Money Talks was, was 
pretty common in the family. He would like whenever he was, you'd open up a bill. He'd be like, Hey, Allie, come here. This is the internet bill. They charged me like a hundred more than they did last year. Just keeps increasing. So I'm going to go call them right now and negotiate. And he would always tell me everything in life is negotiable. I'm like, okay, dad, everything in life is negotiable. What's the, what does the word negotiable mean? You know, I'm like 10. <laughs> but um, yeah, pretty open about money there. Very fortunate to have parents that, you know, uh, wanted to progress the family uh, line, the family tree. And they, they always like every single night, they're like, you're, you're going to go to college no matter what. We're going to help pay for college. Your only job is to be a good student, like period. Dot. So very fortunate uh, to have that. My dad had, was always around. Like I'd wake up for school, my sister would wake up for school, my mom would get ready for work and my dad would be at home. And then we'd come back from school and he would still be at home. And uh, I'm like, dad, don't you have a job? And now I'm realizing, well, shit, he was financially independent, <laughs> you know? Um, so he was always there, like every PTA meeting, every every like swim team meet, every tennis match, softball game, like he was always there. So I know that um, I'm very fortunate to have had that not many people have that. They have parents at work, they're alone after school, they can get into some trouble that way. Um, so I'm very fortunate to have that. Uh, anyway, fast forward, I go to college. College is expensive. I joined the military to help out my parents because my parents were the one that was cash flowing it. And I went to Elon University, North Carolina. At the time, I think it was like 35000 a year. I felt bad for my parents. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to join the military. So I told them after I signed the line, signed the dotted line. They were like, you did what? Because they're from New York. Nobody joins the military from downstate New York. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, uh, he has taught me my, the real estate portion of what I know. And then once I joined the military, one of my, one of my good friends, uh, Matt Gerald, shout out to Matt. He taught me essentially everything about stocks and TSP. I didn't know anything because I never grew up around that. We never spoke about that. And uh, he told me to start investing in index funds. I was like, what is an index fund? And I trust him. He was like, do you trust me? I was like, yeah, I trust you. He's like, okay, give me your computer. Let me let me create an account for you. It's like, oh my gosh. So he literally took the computer from my hands and created an index fund account. Like I started investing in the NASDAQ 500 in 2013. So a year after I commissioned in the Air Force. And he was like, no matter, no matter what, pay yourself first. This is what goes into your account. Um, and then live off the rest if you have anything, you know, because this, this kid, Matt, at the time we lived in the same house, he lived in a closet so he could have his bills lowered. He was like, man, it was, ew, man. he went, he took it to the extreme, but uh, I'm very fortunate to have a friend like that. Definitely. Wow. Um, yeah. I need to find out a little bit more about that rich kid, poor kid thing. Did you um, actually still read it to this day or you just kind of just like, whatever? <laughs> okay. Huge reader. Um, and I think what part of that was because my dad paid us to read. He would pay us at the time, I mean, the nineties, 25 cents a book to read. And then I would just tell him that I read it and he'd give me 25 cents. And then I negotiated with him because everything in life is negotiable. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, dad, I think I should, I think I deserve a dollar. Now these books are getting bigger. <laughs> so then I started getting a dollar for every book that I read. Um, so I have, I started out with Robert Kiyosaki's, you know, rich dad, rich kid, poor kid. Uh, we played cash flow for kids. That's, uh, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's board game. Um, but I'm a huge reader now. Last year I read 52 books solely on real estate and personal finance. The year before that, 2019, I read 49 books. 
solely on personal finance and real estate and stocks. And just like, so I actually made it a goal for this year, 2021, to not read more than 30 books. Like 2021 is the year of taking action, Allie. You like, you know what to do. Just keep doing it. Do it. Action. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. See, it's so many things to dive into because it's like, you don't hear too many stories where the father is actually diving into this because most of the times um, that I hear about is mainly the women or the mother in their lives actually bringing up uh, the financial aspect. Um, it's really good to see that your dad was actually into it. Um, and like you said, it probably could have got burned because I think very few people get into real estate. Um, I think the only person that I've ever heard that strictly real estate, I think it was what Brandon from... Um, Choose not choose a five bigger pockets. Uh, what Turner, was yeah, yeah, Brandon Turner, yeah. Um, and that's all he did was like strictly real estate. So you're like the only. That's the coolest here that somebody else is like. You know what? Real estate, tangible assets. I'm not doing it or taking guesses and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. do you recall your first property? Oh yeah, um, first property that I purchased. You mean right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, it was in 2016. So at that point I'd been in the air force for four years. Um, 2015, actually, when I close on it, either, either way, 2015, 2016, it's a condo in Colorado Springs, uh, two bed, two bath. And it was with the VA loan because military, that's one of the best loans out there for military quick way to, to gain wealth and get your foot in the door with real estate. Um, Purchased a purchased a condo, and about a month later, I get um, notified that I'm deploying. So I was like, "Oh my gosh, wait!" But I'm about to close on a on a condo. You know what? Do, what do I do? I'm supposed I'm supposed to own or occupy it. But again, VA loan intend to occupy. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I I made sure that I was didn't I didn't want to go to prison. You know, right, 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 right. <laughs> commit some sort of like felony. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, I purchased a condo VA loan with the intent to occupy. And then I deployed to Afghanistan. I never moved in. So I immediately rented it and that was great. (laughs) Um, when I came back from Afghanistan, I actually did a PCS. I moved shortly thereafter and, um, never, never moved in it. That was my first, uh, rental and I didn't run the numbers on it. I didn't, I didn't, uh, the reason I purchased it is because my dad was like, okay, purchase something, purchase something, purchase something. And I was like, yeah, but dad, I have my stocks, my friend, Matt, <laughs> blah, 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 this is growing. And he was like, okay, but you also need, you also need real estate. You need to diversify your portfolio. Okay, cool. So I was like, all right, dad, I'll purchase something here. There's a, there's a condo over here, HOA fee, whatever that means, you know, okay, done. Like it was really just to please my dad. Like I didn't run numbers as far as cash flow, um, like the way I do now, but um, I didn't get burned because luckily I broke even, uh, like every month I would break even, but every two years, there's a major hailstorm, and I have to come out of pocket for that. So uh, I was like, man, I'm, I don't know if this was the right choice. I don't know if I like real estate. Right. And, uh, I told my dad and he was like, no, no, hold on to it. You're in it for the long haul. You are not a short-term investor. Like you are in it for hold on to it. And I was like, okay, dad, this is getting annoying. All these hailstorms in Colorado. And man, so it's 2021 now. I've had it for five years and I purchased it at 150 something, 158. It's now worth 275. Are you serious? And I was, yep. And I was like, you know what? The lack of cash flow, I'm okay with that appreciation. <laughs> that is insane. I was like, woo, 
Nice. My dad was right. <laughs> what do you know? One of the few times dads are right besides the dad jokes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, dads are never right with the dad jokes. <laughs> uh, but I mean, and this is goes back to like the power of your environment that a lot of people always overlook. And one of the things I try to stress is like the people you hang around with are like your most influencers. So if you hang around a lot of people that like, say if your dad wasn't really into real estate, but he was really into, um, I don't know, car renting business. And, you know, it's like, Hey, you got to buy a car. You got to buy a car. The next thing you're like, all right, dad, I'll go buy a car. But now that because he was constantly on you. And if you had like a lot of friends that were also doing it, it was like, well, all right, well, I'll just go get a car. And this is what everybody else does. Um, and it's good that he had positive influence because, you know, who knows what would happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I agree completely. If, if I had been, um, I don't know, friends with a different crowd or, yeah, different parents that didn't believe in saving and instead liked gambling a lot or who knows what. Yeah, I wouldn't be here where I am today. So now that you had that experience with your dad and understanding of like the environment setup, do you also now try to bring more people into that bubble of uh, real estate or do you just kind of like, well, you do what you feel comfortable with, but I'm going to still run with these folks. Oh, I try to bring everyone into real estate. Like people are like, Allie, calm down. Like we're just trying to eat dinner. I'm like, no, but you guys, you have a VA loan. So let me give you some unsolicited advice. <laughs> no, I, I'm always talking about real estate and, and TSP. I mean, people just, a lot of people just don't know. They don't, they don't take advantage of it because they don't know and they don't know and therefore they fear it. So don't just do it with a little bit of research and a little bit, bit of a push, like a push that I got from my friend. I feel like I owe it to other service members to pass this on. Now, what is the... One of the one of the strategies that you do to kind of get people to take a look into their TSP, even just to sign in, because a lot of people never signed into their account before. Yeah. So I was there. I was there the first, I would say. So my buddy, my buddy Matt, um, when he took my computer, he was like, okay, next your next step is on your own. You have to go into TSP, you know, back when you're when you're in the office, log in with your CAC, uh, create an account. And I just never did. It was just over my head. I was in pilot training. I was busy, blah, blah, blah. I never did. So I didn't create an account um, until, I don't know, like at least three years. For the three, the first three or four years, I was contributing the bare minimum, like bare minimum, little, like very little. Not even a um, much. Well, at that time, well, 2012, 2013, 14, I, didn't, I don't even know. No, like literally, like 5%. Um, and I never moved it out of the G fund. I was like, well, I'm investing. Don't worry. Yeah. I got it. 5%. No. Oh my gosh. Like what bills did I have at my first duty station in Enid, Oklahoma? Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing to do in Enid, Oklahoma. What? Oh my beer was 25 cents. You know? you Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Granted it's 3.2, 3.5% alcohol. So it's nothing, but man. Um, so yeah, I, I, start with that. Like a lot of people don't know and they're embarrassed because they don't know. So they just don't talk about it. And then they just avoid it. Um, so I told, I start with my story. I'm like, Hey, I didn't even start maxing it out until three years ago, which is what year six of me in the military. That's late. 
I mean, there are always people that I've done it later, but I I think about how much more I could have contributed if I had maxed it out earlier. So I tell them like, Hey, I was right there with you. Years, years, the first six years, the first five years, not maxing it out. It's okay. And I go with them on the computer, like, Hey, create an account and move that shit out of the G ones. <laughs> you have to go on T like my pay is the first step, at least on my pay, you can start, um, allocating money, um, moving money from your paycheck before you even receive it, before you ever see it. And it goes straight to the, you know, to your TSP. The next step is um, TSP.gov where you move where it's going to be invested. So it's a two-step process and people get, people usually stop at the first step. Just kind of push them. Yeah. It's pushing people. Some people um, I talk to that are either just getting into the military or just getting into a government position and they always look at their TSP and they was like, well, it's too many things to choose from. I'm like, it's not really if you actually look at the stock market. <laughs> this is minor, like maybe six total. If you look at the six overall stuff, not including the L fund, because the L funds is just a a composite of the of all six, but like come on, something. Yeah, I mean there's a G F C S I. That's it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, so do you are you comfortable sharing your percentages on like how you have your allocations out? Absolutely. So I'm, oh, did you want to say something else? Oh, no, go for it. I was just wondering. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So originally, like I said before, I when I first started, it was just the G fund. What a mistake. Oh my goodness. But now um, I took it all out of the G fund and did the inner fund transfer, which means this is on tsp.gov. The inner fund transfer is when you take out all the money that you have already put in take it out of the G fund and move into something else. Uh, so I, I follow now it's 50, 30, 20, 50% of it goes into the C fund, um, which is, which follows the S and P 500. And uh, let's see, 30% goes into the S fund, which is small cap. So that's like small to mid-sized us stocks. And it, tra- it tracks the Dow Jones, uh, like total stock market index. And then 20%, the remainder goes into the international fund. I incre- I recently increased, I, I do not suggest playing around with like moving it all the time percentages. So <laughs> do not follow my advice. But <laughs> as soon as COVID hit, I was like, you know what? The way that I think America is and how we're not going to listen. I was like, I think international is going to do better than the US. So I increased uh, my percentage from 10% to 20% international, which is the I fund. Nice. So I'll share mine. Um, I actually do... in the C fund. And then I do 10% in the L2065. I was like, why not? Just as a safety net, you know, I was like, yeah, Yeah. I can do 10% there. Um, So I can still cover all of them in case I miss something in the C fund. That's why I did it. Yeah. 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 And then, um, and with this time around, this will be the first time I actually get to maximize the TSP. Um, so I'm on, I'm on par. I'm getting it. Uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. After, let's see, I've been in the government for four years. So I'm like you, yeah, just started small. Like I got a lot of debt. So I was like, well, I'm gonna start off with the little 3% <laughs> yeah. and then work my way up 1% each year. And then I was like, hmm, 5% isn't that bad. And I paid off a lot of my credit cards. Everything was done. So I was like, let's max it out for this year. And, and let's roll nice. with it. 
That's awesome. Congrats. Early yeah. congrats. Thank you. So I'm, I'm so as we both said, both of us is for those of you who are listening or watching, it's never too late. You just got to do it. Never too late. Yeah. I just had an Instagram message from somebody that's been in for 18 years. I was like, is it too late? No, no, do it now. But you know, it's not too late, but do it today. Mm. Now, as far as the matching, I know it's like 5% is kind of the standard right now to match. And I think they do. um, I think for new employees, they give them 3% automatically. I'm not sure. Have you looked into that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I read as well. Um, I think that started in 2018 because January 1st, 2018 is when they made a lot of changes, like with the blended retirement system, the BRS. um, And then those that were like in the middle had that option to go into that as well as the, the matching. And that's my understanding as well is that new, new employees are, are um, automatically invested 3% into the life, into the life cycle fund, which is great. It no longer goes straight to the G fund. Oh man, that's amazing. Um, That's a step up. That's really. Yeah. Like, hello. Okay. Government. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And then, but you still have that two extra 2% extra remaining. That is, that's yours. Like Mm -hmm. people say it's free money. It's it's what you sign on the dotted line for. Like that is yours. You cannot let that 2%, you know, not don't, you have to take advantage of it. Right. And, and the thing about like what that extra 2% and it's different, each pay grade gets that different 2%. So it's like that 1% would be on whatever step you're on plus whatever grade. I forgot how the calculations are set up. And then that extra 1% is just 100% yours. I can't remember how they split it out. They explain mm. on TSP. I'll put links in the show notes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that that's that has all the resources and it's easy to read. People think TSP and they think it's going to be difficult. It's easy. It's an easy read. I'm granted, I love reading, but it's really not that nerdy. I don't think <laughs> just <Right>. TSP.gov. <laughs> So for those other people, um, have you ever done a TSP loan? I have not. No. Okay. So I I think of my TSP as a really rainy day fund. Um, so I don't I don't uh, want to take out a, a TSP loan if I don't have to. That makes sense. I, I was wondering if you uh, were doing that um, to kind of grow your portfolio. So can you take us back a little bit further? Um, cause you talked about the first property. So now that you've, you know, getting ready for that 1 million next year. All right. Yeah. So, uh, take us through that, that journey to, to get you here today. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say one of the biggest boosts when I first started was that deployment. So I got that condo VA loan, rented it out, deployed while I was deployed. Um, I didn't really know where to put my money. Again, I wasn't putting it in the TSP. It was, it was the bare minimum. I had increased it to 15% and thought I was a baller. I was like, oh man, 15%, which is still amazing. But I also had no bills when I was in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even, I used to lease cars. So I even got to return that. I didn't even have a car payment, like nothing. <laughs> um, all I had was my mortgage. So I was like, well, I don't know what else to do with this money. And I know that I should be doing something positive. So I was making triple mortgage payments every month. Um, so that that helped with the equity in that a lot. Uh, I was making phone calls from Afghanistan. And I remember the, the lady on the, 
when the mortgage company was like, oh my gosh, you're going to pay off this 30-year loan in like 11 years. I was like, well, I'm not going to be, hopefully I won't be in Afghanistan for 11 years. (laughs) (laughs) Just for now. (laughs) But yeah, so while I was doing that, I was also putting more into uh, the NASDAQ fund. So um, that helped a lot. And then I got back from deployment. I went to Monterey, California. Wasn't going to buy anything there. Um, came down here to Tucson, where I am now, Davis Mountain Air Force Base, and I purchased my second property. This was 2018-19, single family home that I, with a VA loan again, so second time I used the VA loan, two VA loans out at once. Yes, you can do that. And um, then I got married. So I took that house and now it's an Airbnb that I self-manage and it's making pretty good money. I actually got that on a 15-year loan. Because I was thinking if I did the full, you know, if I did the full uh, retirement for the military, that at that time, the year that I got out, that house would be completely paid for and completely cash flowing. Uh, Plans change, but I'm still glad that I did the 15 year loan, something, something different that I could afford. And then the next year, I purchased a sight unseen property in Oklahoma City, the return key property or company. Um, That's been doing pretty well. And I say Oklahoma City, I, I, I spent some time in Oklahoma, um, in Oklahoma. So I know, I knew a little bit about it. It wasn't completely random. And then I almost did a, another site unseen, ironically here in Tucson, but I traveled so much in my previous job that, uh, I almost closed when I was in Curacao for Aruba, one of the two. <laughs> um, but that was a duplex. My first multifamily it was a duplex here in Tucson. So that has helped, uh, the equity in the single, my second property, the, um, single family that also has appreciated an insane amount, another at least 90,000 there in the last three years. Like this is crazy. I love real estate. (laughs) Yeah. So I have quite a bit of, uh, of equity in both those two properties. Eventually, eventually within the next four months, I do, I plan on doing a 1031 exchange into um, an apartment building. Can you explain a 1031 just a little bit for those who don't know? Yeah. So um, I haven't done it, so I don't know the specific ins and outs yet, but I know that I know enough to get an attorney <laughs> or use a, a 1031 like specific company that will help me. Um, but essentially it's 45 days to identify um, the three properties and you have 180 days to close. So by the time you decide to do a 1031 exchange, you should already have done research on where you want to to essentially identify properties already. Um, But the benefit of a 1031 exchange is that you don't have to pay taxes when you sell that property. It just rolls right into the next one. As long as you get a like-kind property, which uh, I verified going from a condo to an apartment building is considered like-kind, it's residential, Um, you don't have to pay taxes. If I wanted to sell the, that apartment building later on, I would have to pay taxes on it unless I want to do another 1031 exchange and just keep increasing, increasing. So um, benefits the government because they're because you're stimulating the economy, the economy, and it benefits you because you can kick taxes down the road until you die. <laughs> well, until the, the uh, taxes change, which they do every year. So we'll see what <laughs> what this current administration plan on doing. Very true. Yeah, because with these capital gains, I'm like, why? Why are they changing it? 
and hurting the real estate economy. But we're not going to talk about that today. It's not a <laughs> political show. <laughs> so, um, and it's really good that you broke it down, at least for the time-wise, at least 180 days and 60 days for closing, right? 45 days to identify, 180 to close. 45 to identify. Okay. And then, um, because always you always hear about it, and a lot of people don't know. Now, you cannot do a 1031 exchange on the property that you plan on living in, um, but you can do like a live and flip, but you have to at least live there for at least two years, so you can actually uh, keep all your capital gains um, versus when you do an investment property where you can actually do a 1031 to a new property, uh, which is great that a lot of people don't know. So thank you so much for actually talking about that. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So is this new comp, like this apartment complex that you're looking into, is this, uh, how many doors are you looking at there? So I'm thinking a buddy of mine is moving out to Scott Air Force Base in Belleville, Illinois. Yep, Bell's it's about, right. yeah, it's about like an hour what, east of St. Louis. And um, he's already purchased two properties before even PCSing out there. He doesn't even, PCS is next week. Uh, but anyway, so um, that's kind of the area where I'm thinking because he he's talking up. I've done some research. And even though the population has declined since the 60s um it's been a very very slow decline since then it's nothing dramatic so um there's good you know companies there the the air force base there boeing is there um i'm gonna see how much i can get i'm thinking i'm i'm thinking 20 doors i would love to do 30 because i would have i would be rolling in three hundred thousand dollars as a down payment Mm. see where I, how much I can get. <laughs> All through the VA loan. <laughs> All through the VA loan. Those, those two properties, that condo in Colorado and that, that air, my Airbnb that I have now, I'm going to combine them, do a 1031 exchange. I have almost $300,000 of equity in both of them. So yeah, that both of those are going to go into the, the apartment building. Nice. Okay. And then, so you pretty much closing down two doors to open up 20. Yeah. That is awesome. Yes. That is awesome. With the VA loan where I paid nothing down. I paid, you know, $3,000 closing costs the first time and then maybe $5,000 closing costs the second time. So $8,000 in. That is crazy. $300,000 equity. Right. The power of real estate. Yeah. And then do you know what the cash flow looking like for per door? Roughly? No, but I know that it does meet. I mean, generally speaking, I know that the the Illinois, that area of Illinois does meet the 1.5% rule, which is pretty nice. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you can always increase it, you know, do, slap a little bit of paint here, cut some grass there, you know, <laughs> you know, make it work out. Yeah, absolutely. So now with these other properties, are you following the Dave Ramsey rule, which is just kind of pay off each property before you move to the next? Or how you how you plan this? Yeah. So originally I was because I really don't like debt. Um, that's just the way I was brought up. Like I don't, I mean, I really don't like debt, but I know that I can make more money, you know, by not putting that into the property, by putting that in in more stocks. Um so I have actually used my my index fund, that Nasdaq 500 fund, aside outside of you know the TSP to purchase my most recent duplex, which has been nice. 
Um, I forget your question. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. It was just uh, because the way how you approached the debt, which is actually pretty good. And a lot of people think that it would be best to pay off your properties. Um, because if you're moving into this new apartment, do we have any other properties on the side or this will just be the, the one? Yeah. So once I sell the two and roll into the apartment building, I will still have uh, two properties, three doors. So I'll still have my single family in Oklahoma. That one hasn't appreciated too much, but the cash flow is pretty good. Um, so that's why I'm not selling that one. And then I'll have the duplex here in Tucson. I'm slowly renovating that one. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So do you plan on paying those completely off and then just kind of leave the debt with the department or what's next? What's next? Yeah. So what you're talking about, actually, I've read um, a lot uh, on Coach Carson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's written a book. I, I really like those different strategies that he points out. So not really a fan of Dave Ramsey. Once you are out of credit card debt, he's great to get you out of credit card debt. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, no, not so much. Also, I want to plug the financial feminist. She's like the female version of Dave Ramsey. Soup. I love her. Um, so I, I follow her more so than Dave Ramsey. And um, anyway, so as far as paying properties off, I at the end of the day, like my my end goal, yes, I do not want to have a loan when I retire. Which my financial freedom age goal is the age of forty five. Um, by the age of 45, yeah, I don't, I do not want, I don't want bills. I want my car paid off. I want my, um, at least majority of my properties paid off. So whether that means me taking money out of stocks again to pay for it, that's what I'll do. Nice. Now, not your TSP stocks, but actually your, your regular stocks that you're doing. Right. Yeah. Or even crypto. Crypto. I'll have my Bitcoin pay for it. (laughs) Now, um, I mean, we can dive into crypto a little later uh, when we start talking about the features, because um, I actually am interested on on how you approach that mindset to get into crypto. I haven't touched it yet. I'm just investing on the, the side there. Yeah. Um, but before we get there, so I mean, you talked about how passionate how passionate you are about the TSP, and then also with the real estate aspect. Um, but for those other people that are listening right now that are looking to get their very first property, um, what is it uh, that you would suggest that they do? What are like the top five things that they would need? Okay, good question. Yeah. So are we talking about um, federal service members that would or military that would have access to the VA loan or in general? Let's go with the VA loan and then yeah, just keep it fine-tuned. Yeah, cool. Um, One is get rid of all stupid debt. Stupid debt equals credit card debt. That's what I mean. Um, You're never going to get good interest rate if you have a lot of credit card debt. So getting into, first of all, would be more so getting into the mentality of not getting dumb debt Uh, because that will, that will, man, you'll, you're just taking steps backward at that point. Um, so getting rid of debt, changing that mentality into thinking, Hey, if I can't afford what I'm purchasing, what I'm swiping right now, I, if I can't afford to pay for it today, I can't afford it. Move on to the, a lower quality one. You, you don't need that top, you know, I'm not really into brands or anything, but luckily, um, 
but you can afford it. So next, <laughs> um, so mentality change, the credit card. Um, if you have access to the VA loan, then absolutely uh, first is talking around to different mortgage companies. So you shop around interest rates. Uh, what I like to do is, of course, as soon as you contact a mortgage company, they're going to say, oh yeah, let's pull your credit. Here's an application. Here's my link. Um, try to get at least I mean, I do 10 to 12 mortgage, mortgage companies every time, but try to get at least four. Call around four different ones and say, hey, assuming my credit score of XYZ, which you can find on Experian.com, don't use Credit Karma, it's, it's slightly skewed. Um, so assuming my credit score of XYZ, assuming a 30-year loan, if that's what you plan on doing, or 15, 20-year loan, fixed rate, uh, assuming um, what else, like this location and this price range, what would the interest rate be? And they'll usually be able to tell you at least a ballpark. It's not going to be exact, but you get, you have a ballpark. So within that same day, before the interest rates change for the next day, call around three three more and then find out which one you want to go with, which one is the lowest one. Um, Hold on. So, so the- you know, before you move on, because that, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize. Now, you, you mentioned the rates change daily. They change every day. Yeah. What? That's what a lender told me. I'm not. A, I'm not a mortgage lender, <laughs> but yeah, I purposely have always called. Like I, I designate one day because I call twelve. I call twelve different ones. Hey, assuming this, 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 this. <laughs> What's the rate? What's the rate? What's the rate? And they're like, well, apply. I'm like, no, no, no. Assuming this, <laughs> just assume. Because I, I, I never thought about that. Um, because I was looking into doing my first property, and so I'm like. I'm being selfish here. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Go for it. Um, so give me a check deal. Jeez, I'm okay thinking like give me a week, you know, <laughs> figure out, you know, what I what I could actually do. So you thinking start early in the morning, pretty much at what, like eight o'clock or something or seven? Yeah, nine o'clock, I think, is usually when they open, like All right. local credit unions. And go for local credit unions. Don't do big banks, like don't do Wells Fargo, Bank of America, et cetera, Chase. Do Tucson Federal Credit Union or whatever is the city, you know, that you're in. Okay, they usually this, are able to provide better rates. Is it the city that you're in or the city that you plan on purchasing the property in? Ah, good question. Yeah. So um, I have found that when doing long distance real estate investing, you usually don't have access to the federal credit unions in that city since you don't live there. A lot of times the requirement is that you live there. Ask anyway. Ask until, you know, you're going to know. Otherwise, ask the city that you're in. Say, hey, do you lend in Illinois? Maybe they do. Maybe. Or maybe they know someone that does. Smart. All right. Sorry, about, sorry to cut you off there. I, I was just like kind of curious about that interest rate because I didn't even think about, you know, on a daily basis on what you need to purchase. Um, I'm sorry. Get, get back to number three. Sorry. Um, okay. Yeah. So shop around mortgage. Shop, shop around for what your interest rate is going to be. Um, and then shop around agents. So go on biggerpockets.com. Um, if you're looking to in, invest in a property, I would say, yeah, go on biggerpockets.com. Or if somebody comes recommended to you, ask if they invest themselves. Um, I have asked previous agents before, it's like, oh, are you a real estate investor? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Can you tell me about your portfolio? Oh, I, I uh, bought my house and I live in it. I was like, that's not a real estate. Okay. Thank you for your time, sir. <laughs> um, so, you know, just a quick vetting, like, cool. Can you tell me about your portfolio? I'm, I'm ready to learn. Um, and usually if they're investors, they will tell you all about their portfolio. 
So um, shop around interest rates, shop around agents. And let's see, what number are we on now? Is that four or five? And uh, uh, that, then, yeah, yep, that's four. Yeah. And then, uh, so at that point, you should have at least a prequal, prequal, pre approval um, before having you know, your, your credit run. Um, keep in mind that your credit, once your credit is run once, you might as well get your credit run with the other uh, in mortgage lenders that you were considering because the credit companies will see that and uh, they won't, instead of dinging you, you know, every single time, they'll put everything within that 30 day period and it'll just be one ding on your credit because they know that you're house hunting. Um, so if you haven't already narrowed down where you want to invest, that's the time to narrow down, start running numbers, find a property, et cetera, because getting pre-approved, pre-qualified, that takes a while. So by the time in this market, by the time you find a property, it's not going to be there when you get your pre-approval letter. <laughs> nice. That, that is awesome. I mean, you're hearing it right here, everybody from my agent herself, Ms. Allie, giving it everything you need to do. So if somebody <laughs> wanted to actually start investing with you and investing with your company, uh, what would they need to do? Yeah. So someone who wanted to invest in the area of Tucson of where I'm an agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So e- exactly that. Um, right now, especially in the Tucson market, I mean, everywhere really, but especially Tucson, I there's no point of driving around or me driving around taking videos of properties if you don't have your pre-approval pre-qual letter yet. Their property is just not going to be there. Um, yeah, you submit your pre-qual letter, uh, pre-approval letter with the offer. So if they if the sellers don't see your that you're working with a bank already, then they're not going to. Um, that's not going to look good. You know, it's not going to compare to other offers that that show proof of funds that show that they're qualified and ready to go. Um, so that's that's number one is, and then you know, putting them on a, a list of whatever they're looking for: single family in a certain area, wanting a certain cash flow. Um, Tucson is a little bit difficult to get the 1%, but you can get like 0.8%. I got the 1%. It just was a gem. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, I'm jumping on it. That's why I was in Aruba or Curacao. I'd be like, close now, <laughs> buy this one. Um, but yeah, so looking around, doing some numbers, I, I um, love that I right now have the time to analyze properties with whoever has been coming to me so far, like through bigger pockets and whatnot. Um, I've been working with for like first time investors. So they don't know the Tucson area as much as I do. Uh, a lot of times they're from California, Hawaii, all over the place. So I'm like, Hey, you run your numbers, send it to me uh, on a fake property, on a property that you know that you're not going to buy. So that way, like, just is just to get started. So to give you like a little bit of a heads up, um, run your numbers on how you think it, you would cash flow without looking at yours. I will run my own and let's compare, like, let's do a zoom call. Let's compare. Let's, I'll tell you what you're missing. I'll tell you like, you know, if a lot of times in Tucson specifically, the zoning is an issue. Um, you'll see triplexes that are actually taxed as a du- as a duplex. So it's like illegal, no permit, nobody pulls permits here. Oh my goodness. So just little things like that, that um, you really need an agent that invests in in that area to, to help you out. Well, <clears throat> for those of you who are actually really interested, I would say definitely get in touch with Ali because... Allie, the agent, to make sure <laughs> that you really dive in with her and our team. Um, because obviously, we looked at the page as you can already see. 
um, or have seen, if you're looking at this on YouTube, there's plenty of properties. The site is so easy to use. Thank you for making it easy. Because um, I actually just did a recent episode talking about the middleman and how important the middleman is to making life a lot easier for the consumer and also for the seller. Uh, so thank you for making life easy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I, I love, I mean, so I joined uh, Shelby Osborne's team, Five Pillars, and they are all investors. And almost, I think all of them are military or prior military. So it was a group that I definitely felt that I could um, connect with. And they have resources up the wazoo, like calculators for everything, like both for investor side, you being an agent. So I love like what Shelby has done with the team and, and Mike Glassby. Um, it's, it's stuff that I love sharing with the investors that I, that I'm working with as an agent. Nice. You got to show the shirt. You got the shirt on. Yeah. Well, so I created this shirt actually. Uh, well, I, okay. Backtrack. I didn't create the shirt. My wife's twin created it and she hasn't set up like a, a website yet. But I'm gonna tell Shelby doesn't even know that I have the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so, five pillars Steve logo, and then nice. the, on the side here the EXP. But what I like the best is on the back is this ask me about real estate. Hey, I like it. At I Allie love the it. Agent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. we definitely got to. Uh, gotta gotta give her some props soon so when this episode comes out i'm sure everything will be ready yeah awesome yeah. awesome um so we talked about tsp how much you love it how we can actually use the va loan um, to get your properties have you grown your portfolio um, how somebody can actually start working with you guys what they need to do with the legwork on their end and understanding the importance that you guys as the middle company to actually get them to where they want to be, all the resources that you are, you are already tapped into. Um, so is there anything else that I've missed out on uh, that you would like to leave everybody here with today? Um, I guess just to, if they want to do their own research, there's the tsp.gov. Again, it's an easy read. Uh, you can also find out about the TSP on military pay dot defense dot gov it's also an easy read and if you have any other questions if you don't like reading then send me and find me on instagram send me a message happy to walk through it with you um, i love helping people work their way toward financial freedom so if you are looking to purchase in tucson let me know uh, but yeah so um, as you know already, like what I said, I'm active duty Air Force, been in nine years, and I plan on leaving a comfortable W-2. Uh, and it's it's kind of scary to think about, but I'm becoming a full-time real estate agent starting next year. And I love the team that I'm on. And I would love to show others that it's really not as scary as you think. So if anybody has any interest in becoming a real estate agent, especially on the investor side, helping investors, um, you becoming an investor yourself, I would love to help teach you. I really love teaching. So if you have any interest at all, and like, I, I hate, you know, like, I don't want to be like that EXP, you know, person like, oh, join EXP. But I would just love to be the person to bounce questions off of if you, um, if you have any questions related to being a real estate agent. Awesome. And the best way to contact you is it via email or just go directly to your EXP Realty, Realty site? Actually, it would probably be best over Instagram. 
Um, Instagram or email would be number two. So um, Ali, A-L-I at Garced Realty, G-A-R-C-E-D, realty.com. All righty. Thank you so much for that. And everybody, if you're actually looking into it, you know who to contact, Allie the agent. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, as I like to end this show with my final four questions, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. So the first one, what does wealth mean to you? G's in the bank. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Completely kidding. <laughs> Wealth, <laughs> your face. <laughs> okay, wealth to me means time. So, like going back to the story about my dad always being at home, <laughs> I make him sound like a bum. He's not, um, but just time. Like, I, I want to, uh, I don't even have kids yet, but I, I, I actually am scared to have kids before I'm financially independent. And I, I like, I want to be able to pro- provide as much as I can. For them, not just money, but my time, because that's time is the most precious resource. So I want to be there for all the school events for my kids, my unborn kids. I don't even plan on making it. <laughs> like I want to be there for everything. So uh if my kids are sick one day, I want to be able to just stay home and not have to work. Essentially, work optional, family first. So just like my parents provided their their what they could their best to me and my sister, that's what I want to do, and even more so with my kids. I love it. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I kind of miss out because you realize that a lot of parents do miss out on those key areas and moments of their child's lives. Like, you know, their sports, you know, like, hey, you can look up in the stands like, yeah, my mom's there. And you'd be like, well, my mom ain't there yet. Or my dad ain't yeah. there. You know, you, you have those yeah. moments. So, yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. You want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your favorite uh, financial book or non-financial book? Okay. So like I said previously, I have read probably, I don't want to say all of them, but a shit ton. <laughs> Sorry if I can't curse on the, on the podcast. I read so many. So, but my number one book period out of all time is Tim Ferriss's four hour work week. Um, not so much a financial book there, but that's how much I love it. Like I only read about finances, but I, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week has been the best. I think it hit me at the right time to where, I mean, I wasn't very happy in that, in that, um, at that time in my life with my job. And so I should listen to that one on audiobook. So I would like on the way to work and on the way back from work, like it'd be Tim Ferriss reading out loud. And I'd be like, yes, yeah. I agreed with everything you would say. I'm like, yes. I'm like screaming by myself in the car. Like I must look like a crazy, I mean, I, I guess I am, I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like, it just, it hit me at the right time, you know? So, it, and, and it, the main highlights, I don't know if people even want to read. I know that people don't read as much as I do. Um, but essentially the four hour, 40 hour work week was designed for one particular like uh, industry. And then everyone else just adapted it. And there's no, there was no real rhyme or reason that everyone else started working 40 hours just because that one industry had started it. So um, there I was, it was like 2018, 2019, 2019, when I listened to that book, and I was like, man, four hour work week and how more, how much more efficient you can be if you worked from home. And I was like, that concept, how foreign. And then COVID hits. I was like, oh my gosh. So we started working from home. 
And I applied Tim Ferriss's concepts as much as I could. Like when you work from home, you fucking work. Like you make your boss not ever deny you work from home again. And that was not hard. Let me tell you that. We worked in a bullpen office at the time. Chatty Kathy's left and right, the amount of procrastination. Oh my goodness. It was just very inefficient. But again, work for the government. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, um, I just see it's not there at all. No, no, it's the <laughs> government. It'll be there tomorrow. So um I it just hit at the right time, all all of it. So um that's that's my favorite non-financial. And my favorite financial book is honestly anything bigger pockets real estate. Bigger pockets publishing has such tactical information that you can take action on. It's not theory like Robert Kiyosaki and some other authors. It tells you, you know, step by step what to do. Like long distance real estate investing by David Green. That's an amazing book. Um, the rental property investing book by Brandon Turner, right behind you. That's an amazing book. It all the bigger pot. There it is. Right. <laughs> That's an amazing book. Um, and all of the bigger pockets publishing, like the Chad Carson, all of them. Yeah, it's they give you step by step what to do. There's no excuse not to do it. It's right there in front of you. Yeah, and I actually read that book. Um, I think I was on a flight, uh, just using up my credit cards and everything like that, just for like free flights. And I was like, my first free flight, and I was sort of like, I had a nice little right. read with that. It was awesome. That's nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's good to see like light up about reading. It's yeah. great. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> I'm trying to get there with you. I'm I'm like uh, I think because I used to catch the metro a lot uh, to DC, so I used to read at least one book a week because uh, it's a long train ride. But mm-hmm. now that I got to drive everywhere, I don't really uh, get time to read like I used to. So I yeah. figured out a way to get there. Well. If you want to do audiobooks, I suggest, I don't know how you pronounce it, but Scribed, S-C-R-I-B-D. It's like $9.99 a month and it's unlimited. There's some pretty good books on there. Not everything. Um, don't forget the power of YouTube. I listen to a ton of my books that way. Mm-hmm. So YouTube and Scribed. All right, I'll definitely uh, put that in the show notes for those of you who are just like me, who have a hard time to figure out time to read. Um, Because with YouTube and also with podcasts, I actually put them all at times two speed because some people do read slow. Oh, yeah. 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 And I talk slow, so I know how how that is. So so what did you learn from your favorite job? My favorite job. um, This is kind of sad to say, I guess. My favorite job was like 12 years ago like not in the air force. I was an RA in college. And I know like people, when they think RAs, they think people busting them for drugs and, and weed drinking underage, but um, it was such a good community of people that I was there with. And honestly, I think I went, the majority of the groups that of the people that were, that were RAs at Elon university and circa 2008 to 2012, they were a lot of minorities and because it was paid. I mean, you would, you would, we went to a very, very like uppity, you know, school. Um, and to help out my parents, I became an RA and it was like, what a good community. And, um, it taught me the 
power of not that I'm good at it all, but it got me more comfortable with public speaking because you have to address all of your residents um, and you have to hold them accountable too. I never, I was a very, very shy kid growing up. And so becoming an RA really um, boosted my confidence because I was able to like knowing that I could talk to a group of people and say, Hey, quiet hours or this, like, otherwise I'm coming to get you <laughs> like no drinking. I'm coming to get you. Um, but it was just like a way to, to speak, connect with people, but also joke. Like, you don't have to be stern and um, in order to be a leader, which is what you are as an RA. So you learn at a young age, like essentially telling your peers, your own age, uh, what to do. And then I joined the military and everything's like, first or blah, blah. <laughs> the more professional you are, the least, you know, the less the character, like personality you have. Like, oh man. <laughs> you got to say yes to everything. And yeah. Yeah. Fun stuff. All right. Last question. What is your favorite dish to make? Okay. So I liked when you asked, what's my favorite pastry, okay. <laughs> but I'll go with, I'll go with the dish. I actually asked my wife this yesterday. I was like, what's your favorite dish of mine that you like eating? And she was like, girl, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy making salmon, um, baked salmon, a little bit of rice, broccolini or broccoli. I mix that in with some like walnuts usually, or yeah, or like shaved almonds, something like that. It's easy. And then I drown it in lime. Oh, I love some lime. Really? Man, I drown it. I, I don't drown Brits, my my wife. I don't drown hers. But I love me some some lime. Dang, it's good. <laughs> the pastry, though. The pastry would have been a Cinnabon. Oh, my goodness. What I would do for a Cinnabon. And it has to be like a Cinnabon Cinnabon. Like from the mall. Not mm-hmm. homemade. Not anything else like c- cinnamon rolls. Eh, no cinnabon, dude. Cinnabon. <gasps> oh my goodness! Every month I am there, except for now, because Five Pillars team, the team, the real estate group that I'm on, we all started to diet to get ready for our team trip in Belize in November. Wow! Wow! I'm dreaming about cinnabons. Right. So this one hit especially hard. This question. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, you can tell you listen to some of my older ones because I did. I had to switch it up because a lot of people weren't into the pastry thing. And I was like, well, at least everybody like to eat. Somebody got cooked <laughs> up. So that's the reason why yeah. I try to pick a more universal uh, question for the number four. Uh, I'm just I'm, bringing it back. I'm bringing right. it back old school. Bring it back old school. <laughs> <laughs> season one, season one. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I do appreciate you listening to the show. It's, it really shows. It, and and I, I thank you so much for that. So. Absolutely. I, I love what you're doing for the community because a lot of people don't talk about money, never had the access to talk about money. Mm-hmm. And therefore it, it embarrasses them. And therefore they're further behind because of that. When instead, just a little bit of knowledge, take some action, go, it'll go so much further. So, and it's free. Like, I love the content that you put out. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> uh, I, I was talking to my mom and back on like sharing and actually taking action on it. Because um, I was talking to my mom, I would say maybe two weeks ago, and we were just talking about credit card stuff. And I was like, Mom, so you used to, you know, work at a company that a credit card company and they taught you about like creating authorized users and she used to have like people have their kids and give them credit cards and stuff like that so they could shop in the store and i was like so you know about this information you held on to this information 
until now and I'm like in my late 30s and it's like so you could have you could at least took action like put one of us as an authorized user just to test it out you could have set us up like five or six tiers ahead of our peers and so forth or even not even our peers but even for that next generation to have credit established sooner but yet you just sat on this information so now it's like and now I'm finding out that she has so much more information, but I'm like, you never shared this or took action yeah. on it. And it's like, so you purposefully, in a sense, it's almost like a hindrance, but not to bash your mom, but like, you know, it's more right. of a, a belief that you can actually do it and taking it to the next level. So and as I was listening to your whole story, it's just constantly talking about like how your dad was just pouring into you. Like, you know, if you, even if you don't believe in you, I believe in the system enough that you'll be okay um, and take you to the next level. And you're our living proof that, you know, taking action really does work. Yeah. So, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I do want to thank you for sharing your story. I mean, I just, it's just so, so much meat and information here today that we, we went through a whole gamut of stuff and it, it's really good. So yeah, we, <laughs> we went through a lot. So if anybody has questions, please reach out. <laughs> And if you like getting started on your property, please reach out to me. I'd love to help you. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'll definitely reach yeah. out. Uh, um, so I will say that is really it. I want to thank you so much for your time, uh, for, you know, taking out. I know usually I try to schedule these. I mean, I know I'll put the schedule for 30 minutes, but uh, I'm sure you're okay with it. <laughs> and I showed up an hour early. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. All right. All right, everybody. Yeah, get, if, oh, if, uh, oh, sorry. If I could just put like a, a quick thing in. I mean, Please. if anybody has any questions, um, they can find me on Instagram and TikTok. Allie, the agent. Allie spelled A-L-I underscore the underscore agent. Allie, the agent. Happy to answer any questions. Awesome. And do one more plug for your website. Yeah. So Alexandra, that's my full name. A-L-E-X-A-N-D-R-A. There's no I in there. There's no I in Alexandra. Alexandra dot Garced is my last name. G-A-R-C-E-D. You know what? Oh my gosh. Alexandra Garced without the dot. Dot E-X-P Realty dot com. Boom. Got it the fourth time. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes for everybody if you didn't get it. <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure I'll put all the links in there. All right. Um, again, thank you so much, Ali. And I'm your host, Anthony. And you can follow me everywhere on uh, the gram. Mostly that's where I'm most active at, at About That Wallet. And stay tuned and be safe. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>